0: Hello and welcome back Through Ruben Uncut. I'm Ruben and I'm sitting here with my good pal Gato. Uh, today we're going to be recording a story, well not a story, but today we're going to be doing basically a follow-up to the previous episode, The Truth About Masculinity. And uh, so yeah, how's it going Gato?
1: Pretty good. Ready to talk about being a big, barley man again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... It was funny, because um, just a second ago off, while we weren't recording, we were discussing how, like, it only... Something, something that's weird about, or impressive, maybe, is the word, is it only took, like, three generations of people working in factories for society to almost completely phase out men having long hair uh, world war one was also part of that well yeah because everybody had to work in factories or go to war yeah. so like the reason men became associated with long, with uh short haircuts for a while and actually why women started having short haircuts later um was because of factories you had long hair in a factory, there was a good chance uh, you could be scalped. Yeah. So, uh, early industrialized, in- early industrialization, uh, not, not safe, not safe for your average ponytail. I, when I was a kid, I got so much, so much shit for having long hair, man. It was, it was annoying. <laughs> I, I my hair was kept
1: short until i i got to high school and then they started like they wouldn't let me get punk hair but they'd let me have long hair so it was like, i did that <laughs> um, but yeah i don't remember ever having like uh mostly they would cut it really short just because i was a dumb spastic kid running around getting rolling in dirt all the time <laughs> And apparently I hated
0: getting my hair
1: washed when I was a kid. That was the thing, I guess.
0: I, I also struggled with getting my hair washed as a kid. Um, oh man, is this going to turn into another neurodiverse episode? <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up... Uh, so like I grew up unintentionally gender non-conforming because uh, I grew up on a hippie farm and like half the men I knew had long hair. uh. So, so I had long hair and I liked having long hair, but like when I go into the real world, there'd always be like this weird pushback on me from society uh, for having long hair. Uh, largely this just meant people would misgender me all the time. Hair is heavily connected to um concepts of masculinity within the uh or at least that's what it became during the 20th century which is interesting because like industrialization barely started before the 20th century and yet by like the end of world war ii like the con- the conformed standard of what a man should look like was this short hair
1: yeah, And I think that's also a birth the, your job is your t- entire identity mentality.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. Although maybe, I don't know, maybe your job is your entire identity. Maybe that's, maybe it makes people productive. I don't know. But I don't know if it'd be, but it would be, it, that would make it so problematic for you, though, if you ever lost your job. Like, That would be the, if you were a man, and you're, I'll just make it a man so we can talk about masculinity. Uh, Awesome. If you were a man whose entire identity was their job, and then the next thing you knew, cities just didn't need blacksmiths anymore, dude. (laughs) Or the next thing you know, a robot does your job. I feel like yeah, I've seen
1: like since my parents were born and were were like born in the fifties. I was subjected to a lot of uh, TV sitcoms from that era, like the fifties and sixties, of course. And I feel like I saw a couple episodes on a few different shows that were like some male character loses his job. Oh, I have no doubt. And then he was always like really sad. He's like, what do I do? And it wasn't like, oh, no, how am I going to pay the rent? It was, who am I? Like, type shit. Like, and, and I remember all, like, thinking it was kind of weird because my dad would always bitch about work when he came
0: home. <laughs> oh, dude. Maybe, this is, maybe now is the perfect time for me to say this because you just made me think of this with 50 sitcoms. Fred Flintstone. Is the perfect example of what a toxically masculine man looks like. He's just constantly posturing his masculinity. He always has to be right. He always has to win. He always has. To... Yeah, and... it, I mean, like he's just a ripoff of the dude from Honeymooners. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. And but I, I have...
1: I've seen Honeymooners. Oh he's yeah, like that
0: too. Yeah, he's like. The... I mean, that makes sense. But like, <clears throat> oh, dude, the first. The seasons before the Flintstones have a kid, because I was, I I tried to watch the whole series, but then HBO Max, for some reason, took off the last few series, like last few seasons. Like, it's like, what? Why would you just take off like the last couple of seasons? I was almost done. But, um, shit, what was I going to say was, But yet, they're terrible people before they have children. (laughs) Like, the, the arc of that show is that, like, we meet them when they're married and they don't have kids. And, like, they are fucking terrible. They're, like, physically abusive. They lie. Like, the plot of almost every Flintstones episode for, like, the first four seasons is, like, Fred does something stupid and has to lie to Wilma about it. Shenanigans ensue because of the lie, or Wilma does or wants to do something and then has to fr- lie to fret about it. <laughs> and it's shenanigans ensue. Like it's just, it's literally a, a show about how married people cannot communicate or be honest with each other at any moment. <laughs> like it's just season after season of them lying to each other. <laughs> I got I gotta rewatch Honeymooners
1: because it is a good show. Like legitimately, it it still holds up. But yeah, like Honeymooners is just like it's about a they never have kids in Honeymooners. So like, but uh, it's the yeah bus driver and his wife and just their idiot neighbor who is also their best friend. (laughs) And are they also so like? But yeah, but, yeah, they're also, like, really crotch, like, snippy with each other a lot. And, I mean, at least it it's more grounded in reality in The Honeymooners. It's like, well, of course you're both stressed and pissed at each other. You, you live in New York City. You drive a bus, and you have to sit, and, and you, since it's the 50s, have to sit in a shitty apartment in New York all day.
0: <laughs> Polishing a turd. <laughs> They uh, did, I used to listen to this, uh, this radio show. like I liked old-timey radio shows as a kid. I don't know if normal kids do that, but I did that. Uh, so, but I, one of the ones I would listen to is this, this sitcom, basically, about this married couple who also didn't have kids. That's interesting. A lot of these shows, from that specific period of time, the married couples wouldn't have kids that's interesting i wonder if there was a reason for that Hmm. possibly censorship or something i don't know or maybe they knew that like uh, introducing a child in
1: a character would like just would completely change the dynamic existing between the characters already
0: yeah no i don't know i just realized a lot of those old-time radio shows the couples would be married but they wouldn't have a kid i mean that's of course wait also you don't have to book a kid that way also, wait, no, it's obvious. It's obvious why that was a problem. You can't have kids if you're always sleeping in separate beds. Yeah.
1: That's kind of real, though, because my grandparents on my dad's side didn't sleep in the same bed. They had two twin beds close to each other, but not right next to each other. But I think a lot of it was just because because my grandpa and that said I was drunk all the time. <laughs> he would be up to like three or three in the morning.
0: Yeah, that'll do it too. That'll do it too.
1: Uh, seriously. Yeah,
0: now that I think about it, that's a, yeah. The grandparents on that side
1: of the family, I don't rem. I remember them like fucking with each other a lot.
0: <laughs> it's just the way they went about it was different. The show, The Bickersons, um, a lot of episodes would just be his wife, like waking him up in the middle of the night and bothering him about stuff. Like, there would be whole episodes of, like, her not being able to sleep because she's fixated or worried about something. And so she wakes him up and, like, just... Because <laughs> the radio show. So it's all just people talking to each other. But, yeah. In the Flintstones, when they finally have that kid, it, like, slowly makes them better people. Like, they still lie to each other about stuff. But, like, the shenanigans they get into now aren't always based on lies. And also... Fred becomes less violent and uh he's still he's still like desperately trying to be the alpha male in most situations but like he becomes slightly more like able to be soft and feminine because he has a daughter which is interesting Hmm. but before they have a kid no the Flintstones are absolute trash people. (laughs) Uh,
1: Jackie Gleason's character in Honeymoon is, uh, is the one that Fred Flintstones* based off of. Like, he—I don't remember him getting like actually hitting people, but he would go like, "I'm gonna kick your ass," type stuff. Like, when he didn't know how to process a situation.
0: So, actually, in the like, Flintstones, it's Wilma who beats Fred. Like, there's a basic implication uh, that, like, she, that she will beat him if he is doing stupid shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, like The catchphrase
1: that got big pops back in the day when the Honeymooners was on the air is the guy would go, one of these days Alice. Bam! Right in the like, it's just basically, I'm gonna be... <laughs> and he never did. Because <laughs> because it is implied that his character is a pushover and in, in a way spineless. <laughs> it's just little dog barking real loud. So... Leave him alone. Or maybe because that's all he has to do when he drives a bus is
0: just like say he's gonna do it anyway. So like this reminds. So like the right likes to make a big deal about how like there are no like good dads on TV anymore, uh, and like I, I don't
1: think there ever. I mean, aside from like Ward Cleaver or Andy Griffith was a good dad on TV I remember that my mom loved that show so I, I saw quite a few episodes of Andy Griffin
0: when I was a kid, I used to love like old sitcoms that would be on like Nick at Night and stuff because we'd watch them on vacation when they used to have Nick at Night as a channel uh well I mean it's not like a channel but like the after not the at night Nickelodeon or whatever um shit what sitcom was I gonna talk about what was I gonna mention? oh yeah oh no I was, you were talking about Andy Griffin. That was one of the few ones that I just was bored shitless every time.
1: I mean, there's some good, like, bits here and there. But, yeah, it's pretty fucking dry most of the time.
0: I do remember one
1: episode where there's a manhunt oh nice <laughs> yeah and i remember watching this like what the fuck like the last episode in this endless marathon of andy griffith was opie finding some baby birds and raising them to adulthood because he shot their mom with a BB gun and, <laughs> it, it, it's a, a wholesome and shit and now it's like we got up at the bar andy
0: like okay <laughs> i was like what the fuck
1: like they have shotguns and dogs barking and they're like getting ready to go get this (laughs) drifter i think he was a murderer or something it was on
0: the lam i don't know like like but any like that show is only moderately funny because it can because it doesn't understand one important thing about comedy Comedy is not about nice people. Yeah, comedy, everybody's assholes or annoying. Like or stupid. Like comedy yeah. is about people's flaws, ultimately. Yeah. Or or their lack of flaws
1: getting them into some kind of scenario that isn't less than <laughs> ideal. Uh. Yeah. <clears throat> like. Or them learning that maybe they, they aren't as right about things as they think they are. Which is something that my dad would always miss when we watched King of the Hill, he would always miss it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Hank, like there's a ton of episodes where Hank's like, Well, shit, I'm an idiot then I'm sorry, I guess <laughs> but, I
0: had to learn this
1: lesson, but but like yeah, no, my dad thinks Hank Hill is like the coolest like he's oh, he's such a good guy, and it's like my european <laughs> ass dad. <dais>. so like, <laughs> like Hank Hill is cool like coolest like the best part of the show,
0: I mean, he kind of is. I like no, I I love King of the Hill. Um, but yeah, Hank, there show. have you heard the online theory that King, that Hank is um, aut- is on the autism spectrum?
1: I have not, it, but that it kind of makes could, sense. Yeah.
0: like um, how he's like uncomfortable with affection, how he um sees things very black and white, how um how he has like very focused like fixations, like propane. And propane accessories, like how (laughs) he uh, he also reacts very loudly to things, Mm -hmm. like he goes (laughs)
1: boo like he does that,
0: and like (laughs) and like half the show is basically him learning how to emotionally regulate himself (laughs) because he starts off he starts off super angry and like aggressive and like it's... i'm pretty sure like the first scene of the first episode is threatening dale with
1: violence like
0: <laughs> like, like as king the, as hank's character develops over that show because one of the things that makes it beautiful is you actually can like watch you actually can like watch hank hill's growth as a human being mm-hmm. through it like you he starts off just just this kind of angry bitter cranky son of a bitch who just is ready to fight anybody or at least yell at anyone about how he's gonna kick their ass yeah. and then like by later episodes hanks just like hanks will see things and he'll just like sigh and be like you're an idiot Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's about as far as it goes yeah no king of the hill is great yeah. <clears throat> truly a fantastic work of anime it may be it may be the greatest anime sitcom of all time yeah cause it, it, it's not like the simpsons where it's just a shell of it's former self and everyone just wants it
1: to die but <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. well I
0: mean but, the thing is I've heard they're gonna
1: bring it back but like uh, it's not gonna
0: i if mike
1: judge isn't involved with it mike
0: judge is involved oh
1: he is involved okay yes so maybe it'll be okay but i've also heard seth MacFarlane's involved with it and i don't need fucking boston ass seth mcfarland getting involved with this i mean <laughs> it's seth such M- a quintessentially southern show
0: <laughs> i mean like the thing about it is that seth MacFarlane is it's it's not even just the fact that seth MacFarlane has this extreme east coast vibe and king of the hill has an extreme texas vibe uh it's that like they're completely different styles of of humor like king of the hill is this very intensely grounded um like real people type states and characters and relationships show and then like like the most complimentary term you could think of to refer to most of seth mcfarland's comedy of is just like a combination of referential humor and absurdism. Yeah. Uh, like that's that's it. They're not they are not the same they do not ma- they're not the same beasts at all. If and and if anything American Dad was already Seth MacFarlane's like version of King of the Hill if you think about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same kind of a similar thing. Stan has to slowly learn lessons about <laughs> Having empathy. Essentially, <laughs> like essentially having empathy. And so he's less of a psychotic CIA, black ops son of a bitch. Oh, there's another masculine man, Stan from American Dad. <laughs> very, very aggressively masculine, very conservative, kind of. Kind of mostly a cartoon, though. If you think about it, yeah. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't quite have the depth of of Hank. I think you know what. It, by the end of the show, like I do think there was some. I do think in many ways, Hank was a positive example of masculinity. By the end,
1: yeah, because a lot of the reasons he was as fucked up as he was because raised by cotton, he was a fucking psychopath.
0: <laughs> like you really could interpret King of the Hill as the story of a man who is slowly healing. Like that's kind of what the show is on a certain level. At least that's Hank's journey. I do love Cotton, though. Oh yeah, the <laughs> Cotton episodes are great. And like <laughs> like even the even the later ones like when he's dying. Yeah,
1: I mean, like that, that that was a good episode. They like he, he wills himself to die just out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest. Part. Yeah, because Peggy gets mad. It's like, I hope you live forever. He's like, do you now? And he just closes his eyes and plows. <laughs> yeah. So he gets the eyes to spite Peggy. <laughs> I respect that.
0: But that is like also like... Only cotton can kill cotton. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like... <laughs> in many ways, his father is the most toxically masculine man. <laughs> Except that he's not totally posturing. He really, yeah, does. he, he, he was really kind would. Kind of
1: a hard like
0: <laughs> He really would kill 50 Men. Yeah. Uh, we believe yeah. him when he says he he killed 50 Men.
1: They said he wouldn't walk again, and he
0: did. <laughs> <laughs> he runs on pure spite. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like he is. He has so much. It gives him strength, like the dark side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he names this. He makes his second kid good Hank. Yeah. Because <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs>
1: wasn't even born in Texas.
0: Like, what a fucking thing to do to your kid.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that I didn't talk about on the Oklahoma episodes was how like Oklahoma's not as bad with it, but Texans like being obsessed with being from Texas. Oh yeah yeah like if you're born in Texas you can get a license plate that just it's the same plate but it has the word native written on it like I was born here so yeah no shit (laughs) it's Texas most people in Texas were born in Texas (laughs) dude But yeah, yeah yeah and so when i saw that episode where like uh, cotton has like just a mental breakdown because his son wasn't bo- found out that he wasn't born in texas <laughs> born in a women's bathroom at yankee state
0: all right because that's that's why he was trying to get the license plate
1: yeah they wouldn't let him because this <laughs> shit came up as good from new york
0: uh, oh king of the hill truly like huh a masterpiece yeah. and i say this as a as a hardcore diehard like uh south park guy <laughs> and also awesome also like venture brothers i actually do think venture brothers might be one of the best cartoon shows ever do you ever watch that one
1: yeah yeah i think i like, found out about it bringing it out with you read in
0: college <laughs> like that was one of those just mm-hmm. like i didn't understand it when I saw it in high school. But, you know, I had the... Ex- you know what's funny? is I had the exact same journey, but with Metalocalypse. Oh, I love Metalocalypse. Yeah, but... no, no. That's why I think it's... <laughs> it was right on my app. Just another one of the weird parallels our lives seem to have. I, <laughs> Like, I, I really got into Metalocalypse once I moved in with Marshall and, met, and started hanging out with you. Like, that's when I got into Metalocalypse, because initially I watched Metalocalypse a little bit. And I was like, oh so duck i'm uncomfortable but then you see all the fun social commentary about fame and the little, little i mean yeah once you once you're there plus like i dig i dig serial form storytelling so like once i pick up on the serial through lines in like a series or a sitcom that that, that really pulls me into it um and Metalocalypse has that and also yeah it has a lot about commentary about about fame and society and human nature. Culture, celebrity culture and and metal. Yeah. Oh, I still love the episode where they try to do comedy. <laughs> You're negating the premise. <laughs> that is that I just said that without context for our for the audience at all. But there there's a scene where the uh met uh, two of the Metalocalypse band members uh try to do improv in a in a, in a comedy club and they're just just, just, just terrible. All the rules and they're just breaking <laughs> all the rules and like the audience like somehow knows the rules of improv better than them <laughs> which is an, almost never a thing that happens yeah, no, and so I mean, they just start yelling I mean, at
1: everybody them. is only ever supposed to see who's lying
0: So, yeah, no, when the guy yells out, there's there's
1: not like improv hipsters (laughs) that go to all the shows and rant about them on Twitter.
0: (laughs) You're negating the premise.
1: (laughs) That would be great, though. I wish there were diehard improv hipsters that would go.
0: I think I think actually uh, our college improv troupe is as close as, yeah. as anyone yeah, we ever had, got to be improv some, hipsters. The uh, <laughs> yeah, Porters
1: County Players did get some uh, repeat customers back in the day. That I, uh, I, I
0: I can remember going to see like other colleges shows and like coming back and just being like, "Dude, guys don't know anything about improv theory, guys." <laughs> 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 But like they would always win competitions because they'd had friends. Yeah, yeah, were, <laughs> yeah those those. Uh, All my friends are in this improv troupe. I, I have you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, improv.
1: Where were we? Uh, yes, uh, like just talking about like TV. And- Shit like, that. like I don't, I don't remember. Like we didn't have cable for so long. Like we didn't get until we moved to Ohio, and then we all just got really into TV. But I don't remember my dad ever trying to be like, unless there was a sports game on, he would go like, oh. Look, was... He got really into the word macho once he learned what that meant. Really? Yeah, he called everybody macho. Macho hombres, actually. I don't know what the fuck action movie he was watching where he learned that phrase. <laughs> that is an interesting one yeah my belgian ass dad saying macho hombre speaking his heavily accented english maybe desperado <laughs> maybe i mean he, lo- he does like west europeans do love westerns though well
0: i mean i don't know does desperado count as a western uh, have you have you ever seen desperado no it's actually it's uh it was it was robert rodriguez's first um american movie um, it stars Antonio Banderas as a uh, mariachi player whose uh, girlfriend has been murdered by these criminals. So he uh, seeks horrible revenge on them.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, it's, it later had a sequel called once upon a time in Mexico, which also had Johnny Depp in it. Um, pl- it had Johnny Depp playing essentially uh, Val Kilmer. And uh, that's that's how I think about it. I remember seeing it, going like, "That feels like a Val Kilmer character he's doing."
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I still can't really get a gauge on what my dad tried to teach me. Being a man was aside from do sport (laughs) and um,
0: don't process it, don't show emotion ever or cry. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like. And i mentioned i mentioned this before i think but uh not 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 in this episode but the previous one um yeah no my i don't remember my dad ever specifically like teaching me a value as something about being a man um he, although like the values he did teach me uh did line up mostly with the same stuff like only cry if someone's dead <laughs> which was weird because he as he got older he as he got older, he like dramatically changed on stuff like that. Um, in fact, I don't even know if he said that to my brothers or not. Uh, he may have. I don't know. Oh, um,
1: uh, my dad's also thing was "Don't be gay." Was a was
0: a thing I, he tried to impart upon me? My I do not remember my parents ever even my parent. My parents were. I do not believe my parents are homophobic at all. I they've never said or done anything homophobic. Yeah,
1: my yeah, my dad used to say like slurs in a bunch of languages.
0: Oh Jesus! <laughs> say,
1: like yeah, like he'd say the the French one, he'd say the German one, and he'd say I and mean, then he'd say the English one It's for gay people. And it all like, if like a, a two men even did as much as anything as just hold hands or something you would be like,
0: yeah, like it is wild how uncomfortable men some men are about it it is wild <laughs> one time i was i was at work and i had this uh i had this supervisor who was like a conservative dude um but we got along because we both loved comic book stuff and like he 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 we were talking we were chatting and he said he felt sick uh, or like a little a little warm so I went to like check his temperature with and he like freaked out and I was like okay in fairness I did not ask for consent to to check his, to, and to be clear what I mean by is to like put like uh, yeah, a soft so, part of my yeah. like wrist or something against his forehead uh, and he. like was super weird out by it um although the possibly the funniest incident i've ever had like that was um uh, i was working in a kitchen and we had this new chef guy um and he he can't and uh, i was showing him around uh like the area and i showed him all the dishwashing stuff and so like i'm going to show him the uh garbage disposal so like i just like Try, like I'm still young and my knees are still good, so like I just like just drop down to hit the button, and like he just immediately like takes two steps back from me, like I was just about to try and blow him or something. It was like I can remember like I be and like I I'm like and like I like like I'm like no, no no and I like push the button to show him <laughs> the fucking the garbage disposal, and yeah, if- <laughs> So, yeah, no, like a lot of dudes, like, I don't know, very, well, I don't know. I, I guess it comes from insecurity. I don't know. I'm, I've always been very, um, I can't say I've ever been, I've always been comfortable with sexuality, but I can say that I've always been pretty secure in like how my sexuality is focused. Um, so I don't know. I, I I've never had that sudden, paranoia that a man might want who has physical contact with me is trying to like I don't, come my, on my, to me or something my parents never
1: talked about sexuality with me at all I mean they explained what things were I remember my mom telling me what uh, gay meant when I was like seven and I was like oh okay <laughs> uh, but like yeah I never got the talk from my parents however so like I figured out what so, so yeah yeah <laughs> So when I started having uh the, the, like a wet dreams when I was in puberty, I freaked out. I had no idea what was happening, but I would be too scared to tell my parents. So I was just like, "What the? Fuck? Oh no!" And so yeah, like I, a lot of my uh, me learning about that kind of thing was just like stuff I'd pick up from what I've seen on, like relationship dynamics I'd see between my friends or my friends' parents or. we just did not talk about that in, my, in, in the house at all <laughs> but I do remember one time my mom explaining don't have sex while you're in high school because you're all just kids and you're really emotional and stuff it, it can complicate things that's all she said she didn't say don't have sex at all ever it was if you do it it can very easily
0: complicate <laughs> that's fair you know, oh wait, maybe this is a good maybe this is a good transition, which is that, like I am noticing nowadays that the most like men have gone fucking crazy when it comes to interacting with women. Have you noticed this? Yeah, it does seem a lot different than what I vaguely remember from the years past. And I'm saying this as an autistic dude, like, Like sometimes I see like, like sometimes like people's messages will end up on social media or like, or whatnot or, and you just like read the encounter and you're like, what are these people doing? Like, dude, what are you thinking? Why would you eat? Why would you talk to a woman this way? Like opening with a dick pic. Why would you open with a dick pic? What? Are you serious? How is how big would your dick have to be for that to work? And also, I don't know that that would still work anyway. <laughs> or like the thing I see a lot is conversations where, like, women like will turn men down, and sometimes they'll turn. Sometimes it'll be politely, or sometimes it'll just be like ghosting, or sometimes it'll just be like um, something else like that. And the men like respond by by just like spewing like hatred and slurs and whatever at these women. And it's like, do you what do you get out of that? Like what is what is the benefit of responding like a total asshole? Like this is not this is not anything that a good person would do. I mean, like maybe if they said something like disgusting to you first, <laughs> like something like truly degrading, but like in general, like yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous, and and like men's desire to get women's affection is is where a lot of people like Andrew Tate come into the situation and just complicate the shit out of everything. Because Andrew fucking Tate is is out here giving men, the the problem is he's giving men advice on how to get women. But the thing is, is that it's, there is such a thing as bad advice that works. Like what he is giving you is the unethical cheat codes to trying to manipulate women into being in a relationship with you. Like, it's the same thing pickup artists do, really. Except like most of what he's using is like pimp, pimp techniques? He's pimping. <sighs> All the Andrew Tate stuff I've been hearing like in the news and stuff is like uh, it's like insane.
1: Uh, I just think it's because like everything that I learned when I was younger about like at trying to seduce women I learned from my friends who were also teenagers because I never went to my dad to ask about that kind of thing ever <laughs> no. which is good that I had that I uh, had that instinct because it turns out my mom did literally all of the pursuing
0: <laughs> so dad just
1: kind of wow, had cause... a wife
0: come up to him one day Wow, he got he got lucky. He got lucky. You know what the thing is though is that it really seems like that's what everyone wants now. Yeah. They just to suddenly have someone be there who is ready to wife you up. And I have to tell you people that's a little bit of a ridiculous expectation. In fact, all of it's ridiculous. Any expectations are ridiculous like there is literally only one valuable thing you can learn from any romantic comedy ever, which is that people meet in weird ways. That is the only realistic thing in the romantic comedies. (laughs) The only one, the only thing you can take away or should take away from them is, hey, sometimes you meet people in unusual circumstances. But like, that's part of it, like, every 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 relationship is going to have circumstances so you have to go out into the world where you might possibly meet people which sucks because i hate going out yeah going out is not fun for me anymore
1: and i mean even in my 20s a lot of the reason i liked it was so much just because i was fucking loaded (laughs) yeah oh my god like that's why I don't really go to like shows anymore for music's because like all the punk stuff is at bars, mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't want to fucking go to a bar be sober
0: around a bunch of drunk people. And um, drunk people are annoying as hell. Yeah, no, that is. I'm sorry, drunk people, but it's true. If only dr- other drunk people want to be around drunk people, it's just and even then it's a sticky... They they get in fights all the time oh yeah no that's that's a good point and also like there's typically at least one person in a group who is the drunkest and all the other people in the group have to like watch out for that drunkest person oh man i, I i've been
1: like uh, my early days of drinking like i would steal beers from my Dad in high school, but like I never could, cause cause I knew he would notice, cause he, he beer was like his whole half his identity for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the shit I remember. That's another thing I remember a lot of as a kid is my dad just like going, "Ah, oh, beer! oh greatest thing ever!" And like he would like put like put his beer under my nose, and go, "Oh, I bet you wish you could have one of these," and then. Yeah, I would go on to be a raging alcoholic for a better part of
0: 10 years. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, no, sometimes I think I'm really lucky that my body hates alcohol. Like, at some point in college, like, for a really long time, I was good at alcohol. I, I shouldn't say good at alcohol, but, like, I had a good time with alcohol. And then my body developed an aversion to alcohol specifically like that licory taste and it's all thanks to our i won't say his name uh because he's a respectable gentleman with a family but our one friend (laughs) when i think you know who we're talking about here uh who would bring ever clear to every party oh my god yeah he did
1: uh (laughs) oh that jungle
0: i still gag when i think about that jungle that he made that one time dude when i do when i was in college i he, like he i left i went to a party with him and he like gave me a bunch of jungle juice to like take home after the party was done and i was living in the dorms at the time so i was like sure this is coming in handy so i just had like jugs of jungle juice in my dorm fridge and like one time i'm going to a party and i'm it's like a bring you have to bring your own alcohol type of party and i'm like well i got this fucking jungle juice so i took it to the party and I just started trading girls for whatever type of alcohol they brought, which would normally, which, and I, what I wanted was beers or wine. So like, I would just like, I'd be like, sure. I'll give you some of my glass of my jungle juice for a can of beer. Let's do that. And so I just went around the party doing that. all day. <laughs> that, was, that was a work friends party. The
1: one guy being way too drunk because that's another thing. Like that, I mean, women do it too, but like I've never seen it tied up in their in femininity. Like you have to drink; you can't just drink a little bit. You have to drink the most. or You're a pussy. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. huge problem. And I got real good at drinking the most really quick, and it started some issues. (laughs) But but, I remember one of the first times I got drunk. This asshole I hung out with in the dorms that eventually I realized every word he said was a fucking lie. So I stopped hanging out with him because he was getting me heat with all the other uh, degenerates in the freshman dorms. <laughs> so I had to kind of like get rid of him. But I, it was me, him, his name was Chip. And then there's this kid, Owen, who is an Asian kid from Atlanta. And we all somehow got into a frat party
0: together. Oh, shit. I don't I, know how we pulled that. I have never been to a frat party.
1: Yeah, this, I think, I went to, like, one or two. Like, one was, I've been to some really broy parties, but not, like, necessarily frat, like, but, like, yeah, like, uh, this, except this one, one time I bumbled into a sorority party. I think when I was on Coke. I don't know how that happened. <laughs>
0: That, that is Oh wait,
1: that I, I remember now. Like some drunk chick wanted asked if she could borrow my lighter, and then I wanted to try to do sex with her, and I ended up going. And they invited me to their party. I think they thought I was selling drugs, which I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's literally the only reason they let me in their parties because they thought I was a drug dealer. <laughs> Oh, damn. And then slowly, over the course of the evening, they discovered I was not a drug dealer. I was just some weird guy with spiky hair that mumbled it off the street.
0: <laughs> Thank God we realized before we had sex with him we were going to have sex with him for drugs.
1: If memory serves, I did not get laid at that party. So, <laughs> But like, yeah, we all went and uh, I guess they thought that we were funny or because it was like the first couple weeks of school where like upperclassmen were back so they're like let's get these freshmen hammered and see what happens this will be funny (laughs) maybe one of them will want to punch." like i think chip knew one of them or something or like was he which is funny because he was talking about how goth he was all the time he wasn't uh but
0: he wanted to join a frat not goth dude (laughs) it's very not goth i mean like the only thing that's even vaguely goth about a fraternity is that they have like, oh, this like secret society element yeah, yeah, to them. Yeah, like Like, uh, and,
1: yeah, like there's like an occult kind of aspect to it, to a de- to a degree.
0: Like it's a hundred percent, like,
1: because it used to be like,
0: <laughs> like it literally is just like secret society shit. Yeah. Like, like, like you meet, you, it's it's a networking thing. Yeah, and like, I
1: don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you walk by frat houses that are having a party. All of the blinds are down. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, because they don't want you seeing what goes on in their party, and like unless they you're, unless you're cool.
0: And of course, they frequently do stuff like hazing. Yeah, hazing. Which, uh, which, they
1: bring strippers over a lot too. That's another thing that happens, so they have to do that so they won't get decency charges, too. But
0: they like hazing is a form of like essentially forced peer bonding. Like that's the that's the whole thing is you put person people through this trauma and then tell them because they went through the trauma you're one of us now. That's that's like that like
1: we we traumatized you because we are brother and we love you, bro. Okay. That is, yeah, I always thought that was that
0: weird. is cult indoctrination shit. But, like a hundred percent.
1: Oh wait, wait! I just
0: remember this. It's was also a... toxic masculinity shit too. Except sororities do it too. Yeah, sororities like do some really fucked up stuff from what I've heard. Although. Like... Although I gotta be honest, man, like when I really think about it, it really does seem like some of the most like toxic, terrible attitudes seem to like come from these places, like like sororities and fraternities. Which is not to say that all sororities and fraternities are bad. I'm sure there are yeah, there are depth of academic fraternities. Most of those are probably fine.
1: Uh, uh, the frat party I went to was at the uh, uh historically Jewish fraternity. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think that's because the, it, I remember walking and going, like, this is still a frat party, but I feel like there's a reason they let us in. <laughs> it's, just, it's, good. it's like, they're not the cool frat, which is good, because like, I guarantee like, the noise that would come from the quote-unquote cool frats.
0: By the frat oh, wait, right, you did you did an improv show at one of those, right? No, that was
1: Hillel, that's different. Definitely... Oh, Hillel, okay. Um, but, like, there was a, the Jewish frat, like, I forget their letters, but... Like, they had us in there, and then like some got and like we didn't have beers, obviously, because we were fucking 18, 19. <laughs> so this one guy's like, "Hey, I got some, I got some Milwaukee's you can have," and we're like,
0: "Cool!"
1: And it wasn't Milwaukee's; so it was Keystone. So
0: that's actually
1: so he lied to us, but <laughs>
0: but that's in fairness, that's a pleasant
1: surprise. <laughs> like, yeah, they gave us stuff, but they like made us do like. Stuff that we'd have to chug it. And I did surprisingly okay, considering this was maybe the third time I've gotten drunk my entire life at that point. And I was still, like, had to be careful with it because if I went too hard, I'd puke. That's <laughs> fair. Um, But, like, Owen, like, oh, my God, like, he was just... It was just one, like... The th- one of the things about drinking is there's some days where just, like, oops, whatever it is, everything is just firing on all cylinders for you to just get so drunk you don't even feel the booze anymore and nothing bad happens like i guess owen was feeling that that night and he like pounded all his beers way faster than we did and then they made him like prove that he uh like w- like wasn't too drunk to do stuff because i think he was also like i don't even feel it because you know you going to hubris you get when you're just starting out and They made him go up and down the stairs a bunch of times and, and all that. And I think it was just they were doing that to make the booze digest more, <laughs> metabolize more, so he would do silly stuff. Uh, I don't remember much out of that, but we were walking home and he was just like a mess, and we were like, Oh, and sh- oh, it's sh- like you're not supposed to be drunk. <laughs> Don't draw attention to how drunk you are. <laughs> I and, and then like he started calling us both pussies because we didn't want to be loud, boisterous drunks with him. And, like you, and I think he called us Epslers too, which we thought was hilarious because he was just like, if you weren't drunk, you would not be saying that to either of us. Oh, and you are a t- you are a small, small man. <laughs> <laughs> and you are very afraid of confrontation when you still for we have both seen it. And then, yeah, actually, after that, every subsequent time I saw Owen around campus, he always looked hungover.
0: Oh man! So I think that may have started a thing with him. I think <laughs> I think some people crave the the freedom that the the imaginary freedom that comes with being that heavily intoxicated.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been drunk off my ass before like a bunch of times obviously but I don't remember ever like I mean I remember a bunch of times where we're like, I'm not that drunk and I absolutely am that drunk uh, <laughs> but I don't remember being like oh, you did not drink as much as me and you are not doing exactly what I am doing while drunk therefore you are not not a real boy like me <laughs> I'm a manly man like I, I don't remember ever doing that I was just like being hammered because it made me not feel feelings
0: <laughs> I mean at a certain point but then alcohol is a depressant so you yeah just, eventually it's start, not fun anymore It starts a vicious yeah. cycle of you drinking to not feel and then it's like and then fun. feeling anymore. shittier it's not even fun anymore and you just
1: like this used to be fun why isn't it fun maybe if i get drunk more it will be fun and then it's sometimes it sometimes it is but usually no but uh but yeah yeah like yeah they just like point stuff like that and like,
0: it's it's never it's never actually the drugs and alcohol that are fun it's it's the relationships they enable you to have
1: or the things that you do while you are after you have consumed them to an extent to an extent yeah (laughs) because i've bumbled around many a city drunk off my ass and just had like just not fun at all like it's not fun (laughs)
0: It is interesting, though, that how heavily alcohol is connected to masculinity. Yeah,
1: it's almost exclusively that is connected.
0: Like, I mean, like even light beer, like light beer was literally invented to try and get women to drink beer, and then men took over light beer. Like all things created for for women, men will eventually take it over. Yeah, like cigarettes. <laughs> That's what happened with cigarettes too
1: cigarettes are supposed to be for ladies and, and then you know hillbillies started smoking them because they were cheap and, and that and then next you know you got cowboys with mustaches smoking like fuck yeah and
0: like like that's that's kind of amazing actually like cigarettes light beer like the other hilarious the, the other the super irony of alcohol being connected to masculinity is that alcohol lowers your testosterone yeah and like so like that's just that's just a like that's why that's why people get whiskey dick it's because the alcohol has temporarily lowered their testosterone to a point where their penis is like nah we're good you don't really want to do this also, up boosting your blood, and mm-hmm. yeah,
1: you know, hard to get a boner with that when your blood's all thin. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, yeah, like I don't know, like when I was drinking, I never felt like hey, I'm a tough man. I mean, I was drinking like beer and whiskey and vodka, and pretty much exclusively. I'd not drink a whole lot of like sweet cocktails or anything like that usually. Yeah. But I didn't, I just drank them because I liked how they tasted. And the fact that they tasted kind of bad made it so I didn't drink them as fast.
0: <laughs> you know, speaking, of, you know what? Heavy drinking is definitely connected to like some like weird, like culturally, we have pumped it into like masculinity. And that's like a terrible thing to be like connected to your concept of your uh, own masculinity. <laughs> Like, yeah.
1: I mean, like, part of the reason I get so into drinks because it, like it's tied in with punk. Like, it...
0: punk, yeah. very masculine art form. Yeah, yeah. Traditionally, now it's now it's 50, 50. Like, it's... <laughs> On this, but I meant more like, um, and like, like this is the things like. What is masculine? It's, it, yeah, it's th- not but, I mean like, thematically masculine, like with all the, the anger and the shouting and the such.
1: Yeah. And then but, uh, I say metal wins the most like mm.
0: <laughs> I mean metal is probably the most masculine of music, although there are women that make metal. Yeah. Um but like just although those women will steal your girlfriend. Yeah, that is th- <laughs> yeah, 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 so like they, they might make you look less masculine by comparison uh, but uh, but also like it it does seem like a lot of like you know men with terrible ideas about women and minorities also come out of metal uh, that's that does seem to be a another problem with metal <laughs> um although I do enjoy I do enjoy some metal not although i will also say like okay ladies ladies i i say this as a man who loves system of a down and also loves anime but just so you know a man says he loves those A man says he loves metal and anime not necessarily bad but you should be looking for other indicators yeah. It's,
1: just keep, just keep, keep your
0: eye on it, it might be. yeah yeah and it, it, they just, like i love i love anime which comes from an incredibly patriarchal society although that's hilarious because of how androgynous we perceive them to be they are actually incredibly uh overtly masculine society in terms of their definitions of masculinity Uh, but to us, we're like, man, am I watching girls or boys right now? But, like, anime has lots of deeply problematic concepts about women. But then again, so does Japan. Uh, as we talked about last time, with them finally raising the age of consent to 16. And, uh, Finally, they're having their Me Too moment now. Uh, So maybe there's some hope for Japan to not get, uh, to finally have women not be subjected to so much. Um, But like, listen, listen, my dear anime friends and fans, Uh, in case you are not aware, the women in anime are mostly being written by the last people in the world who know how women realistically think, talk, or speak. So do not base your preconceptions of what women should be like on anime characters because half of them are uh, cliche tropes that are reused for genre and the others are just mindless attempts at men to Right women. This is important. Yeah, I feel like taking
1: any kind of cues for anything in your real world social life from anime is just not a great idea. No, it's a mistake. Like, know, have you ever seen those like nerdy guys that like clearly like didn't get have like lots of friends growing up and so they took a lot of their social cues from anime? Like for like body language and
0: <laughs> body yeah yeah like they, oh they, it's it's totally it's totally possible that I, I, as I have, a person I, on the spectrum i did not notice they were doing that I, I, but I that have, is a hilarious
1: concept yeah i have seen that before really people will do like anime mannerisms to like express disbelief or nervousness can they can they make the giant sweat appear <laughs> No, but they can uh, hold their hand, one or both arms behind their head and giggle awkwardly to themselves, or uh, do that thing where they close their like they really close their eyes and like act like they're about to say something and then facepalm. Uh, I've
0: seen that before. <laughs> oh, I have seen that. <gasps> I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't an anime realize anime. it when I saw it. But you're right. That's an anime. Thing, yeah. Which which implies that when I saw it in anime, I might have thought it was normal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like one of the uh one of the uh originally in my vet tech school there were five guys and uh, one of them did that like he did anime mannerisms all the time and everybody thought that was like super weird <laughs> especially when most of the class is women that do not watch anime
0: <laughs> and he is clearly trying to flirt with them <laughs>
1: and it's not working
0: yeah, no, you should not learn how to flirt from anime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Don't don't do that. That's that's my advice to men who are having trouble getting laid. I will say though, now that now that I know I am autistic, uh I'm actually very impressed with the number of people that I have managed to have sex with. It's amazing <laughs> that my social skills are at this level. Uh I'm impressed with myself. I somehow uh and I feel actually I feel bad saying that now because I a lot I do know a lot of autistic men uh who uh struggle deeply with trying to have women uh relationships with women and I don't think anime makes it better I don't <laughs> I guess it's what I'm saying so do you think do you think Andrew Tate will go to jail uh, I mean I'd say because <laughs> I feel like if he could have could buy his way out of this, he'd have done it by now. <laughs> I actually that's the thing is he's not he's not actually as rich as people thought he was. Like apparently one of the things that's come out is that he was like renting the Lamborghinis. Like specifically like for promotional reasons.
1: that's <laughs> surprising.
0: Like he's, just, he's, like the thing that drives me crazy about Andrew Tate is that like he's so obviously a con man, like like, and I'm I'm telling you that as a once again, and I'm gonna, it, it, this might be ableist to say, but I'm being ableist to myself, as a person on the spectrum, it is so obvious he is a con man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's, it's not even subtle. Like he leaves a
1: trail of fucking snake oil when he walks, dude. He's clean. <laughs>
0: like he fucking he literally brags to your faces that he is a con man. He's literally teaching you how to trick women into being in relationships with you that means that he is a master manipulator if he is willing to sell you that information you can guarantee he is willing to manipulate you (laughs) it's it's like it's it's like it's like the it's like the chickens see uh like it's like the chickens see the fox is put up a sign that says for rent outside of chicken coop And now all the chickens are like, yeah. Yeah, the the fox has a chicken coop for rent. Let's go live there. And the fox eats you (laughs) up. Because all you saw was the deal. And then he charged you $50 a month so you could learn how to be more of a man. Let me tell you, sir. There are plenty of people in the world who can talk to you about being a man who will not charge you $50 a month. Good Lord. Oh, and he's like, he just spews anti-realist bullshit. Like it bothers me. It it bothers me when people are like, trust your own eyes. It's like, do you do you understand how human eyes and brains work? there's a lot more to it we, we can't possibly have all these experiences with just our own eyes <laughs> if if i were to do that why would i ever believe that france existed oh so france just shows up in movies and television sometimes oh that's real convenient <laughs> i've been, i bet a lot of places i've never been that totally exist man have been in movies (laughs) central america yeah that's just made up we all know the mexicans are really from new mexico (laughs) and frankly sometimes i don't think that place exists (laughs) because i've never been there (laughs) like that's the problem like at a certain like you have to you have to have some type of proof for things Although I will say it is, it is important to understand that it is okay to admit you don't know things because a big problem that we're living in right now in this age of like, uh, this age of like st- strong, quote unquote strong men or whatever that, that the conservatives are trying to push. Like it's, like in this age, like the norm has become to posture to like just posture your own importance as a signal to others, and like like that's what that's what people like Andrew Tate do, like they're posturing when they when they rent Lamborghinis to convince you that they're successful, which by the way, just so you know like promising people fast cars is a common point in a pyramid scheme like if you've ever been in the room with a pyramid scheme pitch man, where there's like more than one person like it's not just like a friend of yours that's trying to like convince you then they're gonna have like posters and things and they're gonna show you slides and be like tom was able to afford to buy this sports car here if you learn how to sell annuities You can too. Selling annuities is legitimate. I understand it's not a pyramid scheme, but it does seem like the people who want to teach you about selling annuities is a pyramid scheme. It does not cost $90 to do a background check. Uh, But like that's, like it's so obvious that these people are using like, like so many people nowadays would fall for a cult. Like it is surprising more people aren't in cults because we just keep falling for like documented techniques of like cult leaders. And it's bizarre. And all people do now is posture and get out of everything. Like that's the fucked up thing is that people who, this is a problem, people who admit to wrongdoing get punished. And then people who are like just deny it endlessly. Just deny it until everyone forgets. It's fucking insane. Like how did nothing happen to Matt Gates? He was the only guy that Donald Trump caught when he tried to f- arrest people in government for being pedophiles. He was the only one he caught. And then they were like, oh well, it's Matt Gates, so never mind. Like what the fuck? <laughs> And then you have Trump, of course, who just continues to, like, posture at every moment. Of course, what can you expect from a guy who is a literal reality television show celebrity? That's what's hilarious to me, is that, like, the right started calling Obama a celebrity president, but it's, like, he's kind of only famous for being president. (laughs) Donald Trump literally used to be on TV and in movies and had him on his own monopoly board game and sold stakes in and, sharper image and, and did ads for pizza hut and <laughs> and, and owns golf courses yeah. but then again who is the most pop? who was the most popular Republican president before him Ronald Reagan a fucking cowboy movie actor yeah who didn't know shit about dick
1: wow conservatives love celebrity presidents so.
0: like <sighs> Like if someone gets up in front of you and they just start telling you how great you are and how people don't understand you, like, bro, you're getting gaslit. You are getting, like this person is, this is stage one of an abusive relationship. Them convincing you that you're amazing and then being able to tell you to do whatever you want. It's, yeah. And, like, it really, it is unsettling, apparently, that Andrew Tate is super popular among young, young, like, teenage men.
1: Yeah, like, I've seen stuff where teachers are like, no, seriously, since that guy started putting out his shitty videos, all these, like, got all these kids saying shitty stuff to to girls and women. God, I saw that thing on Twitter where like some clearly very awkward, misguided teenager was like, "I am the alpha. You do not punish me, teacher. I am the alpha." And the like, guy's like, "No, like th- that's not how
0: this works." Oh, I've seen that video where the yeah, guy yeah, is I basically was... telling the kid, "You have to go to the principal's office." Yeah, and he's was... like, "Um, like no, that kid. Whew, that kid. Yeah, you, I feel you, bad for that kid." Yeah, I do too. But like he's. <laughs> He's just—he's just, he's just a, clearly a super awkward kid, possibly ADHD or on the spectrum or any other numerous other typical things like that. And he's just like clearly extremely uncomfortable. I mean, well, he's not. No, he is uncomfortable. What am I saying? And he just trying to posture as like the alpha like he knows what that means but like the the way he was doing it was like the
1: way andrew tate does it and andrew tate's not like for all of his talking like i'm a man he doesn't do a whole lot of aside from smoking cigars and drinking he doesn't really do a whole lot of stereotypically manly things he dresses really metro Mm -hmm. have you seen the way he walks it's very like traipsy
0: Like how I have ne- I have never not seen him sitting down. Now that I'm thinking about it, oh, I know I watched that Vice video, but I do not remember how he walked.
1: And then there was that video that he made when he first got out of jail, when he was just smoking a cigar and listening to 90s R and B and just like swaying and like playing air p- i think he was playing air piano but he was just like flittering his fingers and like swaying the music and like the way i saw that video clip was some guy on twitter he blogged it he like, this is the gayest thing i have ever seen and i say that as a, as a gay man it's, it's just funny like oh what a big manly macho guy this is it's, it's we just tapesing around listening to 90s
0: art (laughs) there's a lot of people who think that Andrew Tate might just be doing a character but like that's what I thought
1: at first I thought he was just like doing a bit
0: like and I totally understandable thing and like he does whenever he gets in trouble he tries to act like that's what he's doing but like if that's really what he's doing then like it really raises the question of like how much of him is a satire like that's the problem, is that he, there's no clear line. If you watched like any documentaries about him, though, <laughs> I've seen a couple of videos. I, I listened to a behind the bastards on him,
1: you, they where they
0: pointed, where they brought up a couple different interests. They read part of his autobiography, where he talks about. Have you heard his story of being born? No. Nah. <laughs> Andrew Tate wrote in his own like book. About his birth, that like in his, he tells a story about how, like, when he, when the, when the, uh, when the doctor held him up and like pinched him to get a reaction, he didn't cry. He just growled aggressively at the doctor. That doesn't happen. Babies don't know how to do that. And like, he, (laughs) it like basically says that he, instead of crying as an infant, he would growl. And it's like, dude, this, this, what you're just, you're, you're definitely lying, but if you weren't, this would be a clear indication of some type of developmental disability. <laughs> if that was that, truly he happening. Just, he just had such a
1: weird life when he was a kid. Like, his dad was a transient
0: chess player. Yeah. And it, who would just, like... Who may or may not have worked for the CIA. <laughs> and, and anyway, I guess,
1: like, his dad would come out with just, like berate his mother or something for talking to him or something and like and i guess the way that andrew dealt with that internalized that was mom's an idiot dad's cool not my transient philandering chess champion father is kind of being a problem
0: apparently he got really into chess yeah and he was good enough to actually play with adults as a kid um and he said he did He said he basically said he wanted to play chess all the time because he thought everything else was boring. But so he was, but apparently he got into like a competition with, with, uh, with, with like adults. And apparently he like lost three out of five matches. And like most people would think like, oh, for a kid, two out of five is pretty good. Like apparently, like he was then removed. His father removed him from the competition. His father claimed because he was, uh, being emotional because he was losing. Um, although it has been pointed out, some people think that he may have also been intimidated by his son's uh chess skills. Because, like, if he had been that good at his age, how good would he be as an adult or something? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's just a weird.
0: Oh, everything about it is weird. And that one's not from his autobiography. I mean, obviously it it implies he had a childlike emotion. Uh, But yeah, no, he, Andrew Tate is, it's just uh, like when you take someone's passport, that's like the first sign. That's the very, that's like the very first sign of human trafficking. If they take your passport everyone please tell me you know that please don't go to another country unless someone hold on to your passport
1: uh, and then like, he has like this cult of uh live streamers that like all mm-hmm. years go like that Aiden Ross guy which I've seen footage oh of him and fucking with Aiden Ross and some of it is really funny when it he... Fuck with Aiden Ross and Aiden's too stupid to know that's what's happening.
0: Aiden the problem with Aiden Ross is that Aiden Ross is a Aiden Ross is a content whore. Like he will do anything his audience wants him to, essentially.
1: Well, you know, you're starting up a hype house with uh sneeko i don't know if you've ever heard of sneeko i know who sneeko is oh yeah we didn't we need to talk about sneeko that guy is something else i mean he has admitted that he's a grifter like he went on record saying that like, I, he said that on on a rumble stream i think that's what he does now streams on rumble I think, and he was just like yeah yeah red pill shit's dead now i'm trying to do something else like, and he just admitted like i don't actually believe it i think he, he does I, believe
0: something." i have i've, no I've actually seen some of like the content where he was like t- like slowly, like starting to lose interest in the red pill community. Because I mean, how often can you just scream the word "bot" over and over again? And
1: mm-hmm. like, like all the all that he did on those streams, was just go
0: shut up, bitch, dumb skank. And, yeah.
1: and then, all the thirteen year old droolies in his chat, live chat, would be like, "W W W, so good." So,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I sneko sneko is so young though like yeah he's fucked
1: his whole life up honestly though he just has to do this the rest of the time now because there's footage of him pantomiming <laughs> raping a woman and <laughs> jesus christ uh, he also did a thing where i think someone made a dance mix like just like a ele- like an electro kind of dance song over hitler speeches and i guess there was a streamer he was just dancing to hitler's speeches
0: the the and then let's see here who else is who else is an obnoxious red pill grifter
1: um or at least
0: masculinity based grifter cuz they're not all red pill some of them are like and andrew peterson uh, J- jordan, jordan peterson is he... more of a tradcon type person yeah he cries too much to be a, be
1: a man, bitch! type
0: <laughs> of yeah, have no. You ever,
1: have you ever heard of uh, Fresh and Fit? Oh, I know Fresh and Fit. Yeah, yeah those guys are something else. And then there's the uh, other podcast where it's just basically the Christian version of Fresh and Fit. Um, I forget what it was called, but it has like the the uh, little person guy in there who's a who's a piece of shit and like all of his like empty headed like
0: girl girls girls dumb. She would be wife. Wait, God are no. you talking about? you talking about Jesse Lee Peterson? No. No? Okay.
1: This this guy's name is Big Nick, and he has like a podcast where it's just, we're Christians. We're good guys. Let's talk about the Lord, bro. Yeah, getting saved, man. That's the best. But then it all turns into just like, and women are all stupid bitches because we can't get
0: laid.
1: Even the cute one.
0: Oh, man. Like,
1: it is something to watch. Like a lot of their streams, like uh, a lot of reaction YouTubers have been have been uh, roasting them, and like they're just so inept at comebacks. I'm not surprised.
0: Like, they're not the people in these communities are not super clever.
1: Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're just, they just react to things, and their retort for a lot of things is usually just repeating what the person just said, but in a
0: kind of way. Which, <laughs> like, I mean. I've definitely done that to someone before but but yeah, yeah but that's no.
1: literally everything they have they don't have anything else just calling someone a bot or an NPC or a soy boy or, and making fun of making fun of what they just said but without saying why they are making fun of it that's, I mean
0: it's very true um, oh yeah fresh and fit are terrible um, they got kicked off YouTube too yeah I mean. well they technically they got they didn't get kicked off they got demonetized which is almost worse um like their content's not down they just can't make any money from any in any way that they used to be able to make money
1: I, I, I i've i seen uh some fresh and fit stuff in videos that where they're making fun of them and uh like there's videos where they have women on that like do a lot of them usually that do only fans because that's a big thing with that kind of podcast it's like well, that's why because... would
0: you do sex work sex work bad only boyfriend should see you naked ever well i mean like that's the thing is that <laughs> the problem with fresh and fit is that fresh and fit are like Fresh and fit are the type of people who see a problem and they're like, okay, we're not going to try and make things better. We're going to actually embrace the problem, but at the same time, make sure that we like come out on top of the problem. Because like they, in their own advice, they encourage men to go have sex with as many women as they can. But at the same time, any woman who has had sex with as many men as they can. (laughs) is not a woman you should spend time with so at a certain point it's like well hold on how are you but at the same time they want you to get like a super like as close to virginal wife as you can get and it's like wait a minute if you're encouraging all the men to go around just pumping and dumping hundreds of people you're there's eventually going to be a problem where you run out of virginal women <laughs> like this is you're creating it's a vicious you're only in you're accelerating the problem gentlemen and then like it turned saw <laughs> one so
1: where they were where like some women were like just like roasting them like with sound arguments <laughs> and then like they, they'd burn them a little bit here and there but it wasn't all into that hominem text and their comeback was the most half-hearted attempt at gaslighting I have I think I've ever seen and I have seen some gaslighting at my apartment in Oklahoma before because there was a couple that lived in the building across from mine that would just the cops were over there all the time because they would just be screaming at each other and they'd gaslight each other like both of them would be shitheads there was no good person in that apartment they were both pieces of shit that happens that happens And, and like i remember one time like i i counted like i was out walking my dog and since they were screaming i heard them like everywhere i counted like the who the gaslighter and gaslight e was once changed five times in like 10 minutes. Impressive. I think they were both like loaded too, so that probably didn't help anything. But then, like, I uh, usually the <laughs> one time, like, the, the biggest one I saw, like, the guy was clearly the bigger dick of the two of them that day. Like, he was the bigger piece of shit that day. <laughs> um, and, like, I think the wife locked him out and he was like banging on the door and like and then she called the cops on him eventually I, I, that's just I'm
0: thinking somebody probably called the cops before that but it could easily have been any of the neighbors
1: yeah and, and then like some one of the neighbors was like oh my god just get fucking divorced already James Pride. he's like fuck you whatever and the guy, like his voice, like just squawked off like three octaves, and he said, "Motherfucker!" Like he couldn't see. Where the neighbor was w- was so he was just like shouting into the night,
0: "Fuck you, motherfucker!" My business.
1: Yeah. I think they got evicted because eventually I just stopped hearing them. And yeah, they, the cops were over all the time for those two. So like, so so between the two, like, I don't know what what how your average Oki raises their kids, but like if they're both doing the same shitty moves to each other in a mutually abusive relationship. It was, it was something, and like there was yeah, many a morning where I'd see that guy just like looking all down in the dumps and sad, sitting on the porch because she locked them out again. <laughs> and it was just like guys, just get it divorced. The divorce rate in the state is like sixty forty, <laughs> like it's insanely high, which is hilarious to me because we're like we got my marriage.
0: Yeah, no, it, it it does seem like red state people blame blame yeah, like blue yeah. state people for everything they yeah, do. yeah 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 the, but there are but first of all it's fucking oklahoma what
1: liberals like there's some but like they're not very organized like oklahoma democratic Party's is a fucking joke dude you can't beat fucking kevin Stitt, the guy who looks lost no matter where he is <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat him <laughs> You can't at least stand a chance. Like, I mean, Tulsa and Oklahoma City go blue in big elections, but that's it. And then, like, uh, and like Oklahoma being Oklahoma, like I said, a surprising amount of people from not Oklahoma end up in Oklahoma just somehow and end up staying for a while. So, like, you see plates from all over the country, and there was a bunch of times where I'd be in an Uber to the bar and just some fucking hillbilly dickwad would be like, God dang Californians, that's why the state's going to hell. And I'm like, motherfucker, we just elected another Republican governor. W- w- what about the state's going to hell? Exactly. It's exactly the same. Everything's exactly the same. Oklahoma <laughs> shoots, like every other deep red state, every fucking election, one step forward, three steps back, and then you shoot yourself in the foot. That's all <laughs> you do. Every fucking election. <laughs> And that, and like those other states that value traditional masculinity. I'm a tough boy. I don't care about anything, but if you say anything even remotely derogatory towards my worldview, I will get really pissy.
0: Oh, did you hear what happened with, I forget what state she's from, uh, but t- did you hear what happened with Lauren Boebert? Uh, like vaping in the theater. Or oh, it's like, more than that. And giving her date a hand job or whatever. Yeah, he, she was giving him an over the pants handy. <laughs> well, he was, well, he was uh, putting his hand in her shirt. Congressional <laughs> values. And uh, the guy she was there with, her date, who I don't believe she's married to, uh, is in fact uh, the owner of a uh, a bar that does uh, drag shows. <laughs> It's like she wants to not get
1: real. <laughs> They'll still vote for her. though. Republicans are weird.
0: Apparently, her and Marjorie Taylor Greene are having like a feud or something, which I'm fine with. Let them fight. Like, like that I'm Godzilla the more quote.
1: out of touch partisan nut job. No, I'm the more out of touch partisan nut.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they are. They are terrible. Like, I don't know. Sometimes feel like I just, sometimes I feel like are, do Republicans really under is Newt Gingrich still in office or is he retired I don't know actually like, it's just there's too many politicians what the fuck oh right he didn't actually he oh wait he was only running for president that one time even though it was way after he retired well, he's a piece of shit, but now I know he's not in government. And he's not running for anything. There's no point in talking about it. But when that motherfucker claimed that people were using their food stamp cards to go on cruise ships,
1: See, that, that doesn't even make any sense. No, it
0: doesn't make any sense. That's not how any of this shit works. It's not how anything works. Actually, people don't understand foods, and that's a whole different thing. that's a whole different topic. I, I feel mean, like those
1: get those guys got so much fucking money from oil or guns or fucking. Cattle or whatever they, they, they don't fucking know anything anymore. Mm-hmm. They fucking I mean, Trump thought that he had to show ID to get groceries. For God's sake!
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird shit.
1: Uh, but, uh, like uh, I, I will miss living in a red state during uh, the or when it's still when there's still novelty to it. The Republican versus Republican attack ads are always hysterically funny. <laughs> Because it's like, I'm a big, tough boy. No, and you're not a big, tough boy. This is paid for by this Republican against this Republican. And then they just show that they are not big, tough boys. They are oil money pussies who have never earned anything for themselves ever. Mm And all of it, so they just shoot guns and wear cowboy hats wherever they go to. So everyone thinks they're big tough boys, with big penises. When they, the opposite is true, because uh, because I don't know if you know Mark Wayne Mullen. Name sounds vaguely familiar. He was the guy who was photographed during the attempted at the uh, storming of the Capitol. Oh, he was photographed hiding and looking visibly afraid and clearly like not having a good time, and then right after the dust cleared, he was like, no, they were just too peacefully protesting. It's like, you cried and peed. Well, I don't know if he cried and peed, but he might have. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Fucking Mark Wayne. Not Mark. First name, Mark. Middle name, Wayne. His first name is Mark Wayne. Interesting. It's a compound name. I don't know what the fuck kind of, like, That that's what happens when, like, the family is traditionally hillbillies but somewhere along the line they get a lot of money and now they think they're fancy <laughs>
0: but they st- they're still just hillbillies you can't
1: get that out of you
0: <laughs> alright well we've we've been rambling for a while now Yeah, but, uh, so maybe we should start wrapping it up but I, right. I think I have an idea we should, we should if there's one piece of advice about quote unquote masculinity that you want to give the men and or trans men out there.
1: Um, not showing emotions doesn't make you tough. It makes you cold and distant and dead inside. Like seriously, mentally <laughs> have have the emotional bandwidth to cry occasionally and tell your kid you love them if you have them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, those are those are definitely good things. Oh, right. I remember the one thing I wanted everyone to know. Um, So, this is going to sound weird at first. Okay, but this is important that you understand this. Ugly, stupid people have... Ugly, stupid, poor people have sex all the time. There are ugly people having sex right now. There are poor people having sex right now. There are stupid people having sex right now. Too too many, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, probably way too many of those. So don't don't allow yourself to fall into some weird type of man cult where they start talking to you about quote-unquote high value men because don't get me wrong you can certainly leverage capitalism to get women interested in you we live in a capitalist society so how could it not do at least something but those are not necessarily the relationships you want to have You should just get out there and try to meet people and see if you can find chemistry with anyone. That's what you should really be going for. Because, like I said, people who are everything that you have been told don't get laid, get laid. You know who doesn't get laid? People who call women a bitch when they turn them down. That's who doesn't get laid. (laughs) That's who doesn't get laid. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. wherever you're listening, or if you're if you're on Spotify, make sure you follow. If you're on, if you're listening to this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and comment and like and share because we care. I don't know why I had to make it rhyme, but anyways. Uh, if you want to email the show, you can email me at RubenUncut at gmail.com Alright, any last words, Gato?
1: Uh, no. Not really.
0: <laughs> okay. Alright. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Or listening. Or whatever you're doing. Thank you for tuning in. There we go. Alright. Adios and have a wonderful whatever.